as God intended. Let's go. Welcome to Looking for Healing Talk Radio, where pharmaceuticals are not medicine, but love always is, with a 24-7, 365 talk radio signal heard worldwide. America Out Loud Talk Radio is now heard in your car, home, office, smartphone, tablets, any device. The entire platform has been built from the ground up with a great thought and enthusiasm and a vision that stretches far into the future. Welcome. I'm your host, Dr. Jana Schmidt, naturopath and herbalist. I have a wonderful show for you today, but first I want to encourage you that no matter what your situation, a strong mind and body are powerful resources. I'm here to help equip and encourage you with the health tools that create and maintain strong minds and strong bodies to keep you grounded and flourishing in this hectic, hectic world. So we have a very special guest with us today. Welcome, Bethany Wallace. Bethany is a product development specialist. So this is a fancy title, and I want you to help help me uh, tell everyone what that is. Yeah. Hi, I'm Bethany. Welcome, um, welcome. I'm a food science product development specialist at Mercola. Um, a product development specialist. I work on food projects. You know, from ideation all the way to um, marketing them and putting them onto the market. Um, cool. Yeah. So funny how we met it was just kind of random um gathering and um you were visiting your sister in town and i i think i don't know how i heard like somebody said something that just cued me into i'm like wait hello and and i think we didn't stop talking talk 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 like we need to get together like this this young lady is fascinating and i was really excited to um to learn more about what you do and so I thought that was pretty cool how we met. So I'm glad you're back in town, and I'm glad we can do this yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So I want to know, I'd love to know more about you. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to know you too, but how you became interested in this field, because it's yeah. it's a very interesting field, and it's very broad. So yeah. I want to hear how, how you got started in that. Absolutely. So kind of like how we met, um, <laughs> me falling into food science was kind of happenstance. Um, I started school. I went to Texas A&M University. Uh, I started Ladies. there as a chemical engineering <laughs> major actually wow yeah how do you even choose that <laughs> okay all right that's cool that's yeah, cool I mean, chemistry you know in high school was my favorite subject so I said you know what let me just do chemical engineering because it's the only thing that chemistry is involved in you know being young and naive <laughs> uh, and I quickly found out you know maybe just straight engineering wasn't the life for me right um, and so about halfway through my freshman year I started diving into, you know, other possible majors there at the school, and I had this faint remembrance of the show that I watched growing up uh, by Alton Brown. Oh, great. Yes, yes. Alton Brown. <laughs> yes. Wow. I was fascinated. I still am fascinated with Alton Brown. Yeah, he's, he's a cool dude. <laughs> yes, I think I have all his cookbooks. Yeah, and so I used to watch the Food Network with my mom growing up a lot. And uh, I think one of uh, his episodes came on and he was either making some sort of chocolate and then he was explaining like microwave science, something like that. And it really piqued my interest as a kid. 
but I never knew food science was an actual degree or something that you could do your life with. Um, I thought you would just be a chef or, you know, just making food. It never really occurred to me, you know, CPGs and anything like that, um, how it all works. Um, But, you know, going into college and, you know, diving into the other majors, I saw food science and I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, that's an actual major? Too bad it wasn't taught by Alton Brown. (laughs) We do have a bunch of amazing professors who have really cool histories and what they've done. Um, It's incredible. But I decided to go into that head first, um, not really knowing everything about food science, you know, uh, food packaging, uh, food engineering. I kind of just thought it was more so nutrition, but Mm -hmm. fun because you get to have TV shows. (laughs) Uh, So it was a little bit just happenstance. And so the start of my sophomore year was kind of a head dive um, into the major. I got involved with our product development team through a friend um, that I had met, you know, in the dining hall. Um, (laughs) He was wearing a food science shirt, and I was just like, hey, I just joined the major. Like, what's going on? He's like, no way. We have, like, eight people in our major. That is crazy that you found me. And so it was just, like, all of these small instances where I just fell into it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like God just Absolutely. It, put it in my Absolutely. face. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I got involved with that product development team and I got to see a little bit more of, you know, how food science works from ideation to market research to ingredient formulation, um, how ingredients interact, um, all the way through quality, shelf life, packaging, and marketing, all while I was just starting to learn. Like incredible processing. Yeah. Wow. So it's, I got like kind of like this snapshot at the beginning and then I got to learn the details of it throughout college and uh, that's how I fell into it. I fell in love with it immediately. I'm ready to go take those classes. I think <laughs> it sounds great. I mean, I I like the, the whole chemical um, makeup and interactions and how that all works with herbs and plants. Yes. And so it's not, I mean, that's food for me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's food and medicine. So um, it's fascinating to me. It's been... Yeah. It's been an amazing journey just in the herbalist world. Mm-hmm. So this is really this is really cool too. So there are many categories under food science. So when you were t- learning and ed- getting educated, did they all tell you about the variety of things you could do? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So we had a food science club where we actually invited uh, industry professionals to come and talk to all of the undergraduate students, and they would be from different positions across the industry. So one of so the they big- could talk from experience, exactly. right? Yeah, that's yeah. good. And so they would come in, and they maybe they'd have similar um, titles as past people that had been there, um, but their actual job responsibilities varied from company to company, depending on how big, what type of company it was, and whatnot. But the biggest one is definitely quality and regulatory. That's one of the biggest arenas you can go into from food science. Um, And quality and regulatory, you know, that's all about safety. That's all about consistency. Um, It plays a a role in every aspect of food science and food. Um, And so it's honestly, in my opinion, the most important because it keeps consumers safe. Um, Yes, the quality is a a big point for me, mm -hmm. too. So that's why I think I was really piqued my interest when I I heard what you did because Mm -hmm. quality is so important. And for me, finding raw ingredients, I want to. I like want to. I want to know where they're being grown. I want to go visit and see it and touch it and you yeah. know like 
including like finding out what kind of water they're using to grow it. It makes it makes all the difference. And then getting their certificate of analysis. Mm-hmm. I actually learned at a young age. Um, I had a family member very close to me who started a vitamin supplement company, and he would get raw ingredients and the certificate of analysis and then he would take it to another to a third party mm-hmm. to make sure and quite often they were um cutting it with something or it wasn't what they said yeah. i was shocked so i learned so much by watching him and growing up and just seeing how he put things together and he had just an incredible incredible uh company he has since passed away and sold the company and it's still going on it's actually called springtime did you ever hear about that it was started with dogs started from her family dog that they wanted to put down and he's like i'm gonna make something to help this dog and it was incredible mm-hmm. and then it went to horses and then athletes and when That's he was so with cool. horses it actually got a little controversial because his natural supplements were so good that the racehorse uh, industry got into it and I'm, if you if you knew that those horses were on springtime supplements you could probably bet that they were going to win the race so it got so a little wild. it got a little like hmm, little controversial but he's like I'm I'm just giving good products anybody can use them so I thought that was really interesting so I did learn about the quality control um, so go ahead I'm sorry yeah, I digress absolutely. I mean yeah quality control and third party testing and unfortunately a lot of that corruption is very um, present in the food industry. I mean, really, as of late, you know, all the a lot of companies or suppliers care about is just making the most profit that they can. So third-party testing is a big part of quality and regulatory, especially if you really market that for your company. Yes. Uh, I know Mercola, we really were quality first. We're all about taking control of your health, and we want to make sure, you know, through all of that testing, everything is pure. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. that I, that's my philosophy, too. So <laughs> no wonder I like all the Mercola yeah. things. And hand-in-hand um, hand with quality is regulatory, so that has to do with FDA compliance yes. and just making sure everything is labeled correctly. And yes, so, uh, worded correctly. Worded correctly, yeah. It's it's most important for the consumer to know. Sure. I mean, you think about allergen statements, ingredient lists. The thing with me is uh, with ingredient lists, there's a lot of controversy there as well when it comes to labeling. Um, there's ways to hide certain things um, and kind of just not be completely honest or transparent to the consumer. And that's going on not only in supplements and foods, um, but even like pharmaceuticals nowadays. Right, you're not, right. You don't know what you're taking. Um, but when it comes to food and regulatory, um, it's really important regardless. I mean, you're going to need to make sure that your product is safe. So yes. that's one of the main areas that you can go into after food science. Another one is product development. Yeah. Um, and so there's kind of a few ways that you can go about product development. You can be, you know, in the lab doing benchtop and research um, for new ingredient formulations, um, doing your own research on how other ingredients react with each other to kind of create, I mean, in one of my past internships, I worked with this thing called oleo gels. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of them, um, but it's basically a mix of a wax with an organolajade, organol later oh my gosh it's a hard word to say but it it basically creates like this really thick emulsion and I actually was using it for plant-based cheeses wow Um, so it's just I was doing ingredient research for that company and it was really fascinating Um, so that's one way you can go into product development is you can do that research and formulation the other way you can go into it is kind of my role now where I'm more in product 
project management of a product. So I'll work with contract manufacturers who will do that ingredient research. Yes. And I'll work with quality and design. It's more cross-functional where I'm working with every part of the team to create that final product and put it to market. When you're doing that research and formulation, usually you're only seeing like one little tidbit of right. the product, right. not the whole thing. Uh, so those are the two main ways you can go through product development. They're both really awesome. They teach you a lot. Yes. Um, and very fascinating. The most fascinating part about food science, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you're in in the part of it that you love for yes, sure. Absolutely. Um, so, so at your job presently, mm-hmm. um, you're working on projects. Do you have many projects going on at once, or is it one yes. at a time? So we manage a portfolio of about twenty to thirty projects at a time. Um, just working we do a lot of international work as well so you have to take into account you know shipping times and lead times and things like that take take a while um and so each project lasts about a year to two years sometimes shorter sometimes longer you right. know, supply chain issues like that i'm sure being as particular as we are <laughs> it takes a little longer it does take a little longer sometimes um Right now, um, kind of what my job is focusing on, um, I do more of the food side, and I'll dive into this topic a little bit later, but I'm working on biodynamic farming, and so I'm trying to bring that supply chain, uh, for lack of a better term, home, because it is more of an international practice, and so we're trying to teach that here in the United States with farmers, so our projects can take upwards of two years. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So I'm sure there's always something new like on the drawing board yes absolutely that's that's really exciting i feel like i have that constantly oh there's something else Mm -hmm. something else something else oh this needs and it all started for me just um with my family and then as i got more education i'm like oh i could really do this on a larger scale and start growing things and greenhouses and yeah it got it got really exciting yeah yeah market research is a big part of what we do it's we're always on top of like not only what is the newest trend or what are the trends to come or what should be the trend um, a That's lot, good. Yeah. We meet with our executive teams uh, every week, and we have kind of like these ideation sessions, more so updates on our projects, or have you heard about this? Maybe we should go down this path for the next project, or uh, have you looked into this? And it's really great because we're constantly, you know, imagining and creating uh, new ideas for us to pursue in the future. And That's I, wonderful. It's one of my, yeah, one of my favorite <laughs> things about product development and food science is that you can just continue and there's not going to be an end to your development (laughs) right well i think you've answered another question that i was going to ask you about what lengths are taken to and ensure the quality of the ingredients but this you you really answered it and taking the time in one step and the third party i i had not even thought about that until i saw that as a child watching and then seeing that sometimes it wasn't what you expected then you have to go find a new supplier and my goodness yeah to be on it all the time and then that supplier you have to still check up on them mm-hmm. later to make sure they're not changing, right? They're yep. giving you what they say they're giving you, and that's that's really challenging for yeah. sure. One of the um, main points in you know keeping that um, relationship with the supplier, we have a value of transparency that we really push whenever we're doing initial meetings with new vendors or new suppliers. That's something that we always state, like, hey, like we got to be transparent with each other if we want this to work. And you know, as soon as they're that's not. Good. 
you know, issues arise or, you know, it's kind of cut off. Um, but in addition to, you know, quality and whatnot, we have a no list of ingredients that we don't allow in any of our products. Um, a no list. Yeah, that's Interesting. what we call it. <laughs> can no you list. share any of those um, ingredients that you can think off the top one, of your one head? One of the main ones that we don't allow in any of our products is corn or any corn-derived Perfect. Uh, ingredients, yeah. Perfect. I, I'm in agreement. <laughs> yeah, no GMOs either. So Perfect. we're big. Those are like two main things that we get a lot of consumer or customer service questions about. Right. It's like, hey, does this contain anything from corn? Um, and so that's one of the big things, you know, on the market too. Everyone's like, stay away from GMOs and whatnot. Right. But and corn and soy are the two most genetically modified foods in our country. Absolutely. And it's really hard to get away from them being genetically modified. Yeah. And then we know. We, we know, and hopefully everyone listening knows, that genetically modified foods are not really foods that we want to be ingesting. Absolutely, so. Absolutely. yeah. And there's other ingredients, you know, like some sort uh, some sorts of processing aids, you know, flow materials, um, bleaching agents, oh, things right. like that, right. that are, you know, you just don't want them on in your product or on the ingredient list. You don't They're not going to go towards our health, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah, yep, exactly. We're all counterproductive. <laughs> yeah. That's what, well, so my, my main... Product. I don't even call it my products. It's the bees' product. They do all the work. Um, is the bee pollen? And one of the things I say: if you don't get your bee pollen from me, get it from someone where you know the bees have not pollinated on flowers sprayed with Roundup. Yep. So I ensure that our bees always have, you know, organic botanicals year-round in Florida, and then a clean water source. So I know. Yeah. And so that's really, really important to me. But can you imagine on a bees pollinating on flowers sprayed with pesticides and then you take the pollen you're just doing yourself a disservice right exactly yeah completely doing yourself a disservice so and And, i mean the average consumer isn't going to think about that so it's really it's our job to do that it's our job it's our job well i want to say we're going to take a short break and when we return we'll continue our conversation with bethany wallace food scientist and truly a lovely person we'll be right back also Be sure to catch each episode of Looking for Healing Talk Radio at 11 a.m. Monday through Friday. Monday with the amazing Dr. Brian Artis as your host. Tuesday, lovely Nicola Burnett is your host. Your host on Wednesday is the brilliant Dr. Henry Ely. And Thursday, you got me, your host, Dr. Jana Schmidt. And Friday, 11 a.m., we all come together to discuss current health topics and take questions from you. So to submit your questions for us to discuss, you can go to americaoutloud.com under shows and you will see looking for healing there. You can submit your questions for us and we love your questions. Keep them coming. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. 
Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back to Looking for Healing Talk Radio. You can find more about Looking for Healing Talk Radio and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu nav bar on America Out Loud under shows schedule, and then you will be in the know. So welcome back. We are going to continue our conversation with Bethany, and we were talking earlier about cool things she's working on. So I'd love for her to share that with you. So what you, what's one of the projects you're super excited about working on right now? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, I work a lot in the food sector at my job. And yes. Um, some of our food products, you know, we work uh, generally private label with uh, some contract manufacturers and other companies. But what we're really starting to focus on is work with biodynamic farming. And I know a lot of people... Give the definition, please. (laughs) Yes. Biodynamics is a holistic, ecological, and ethical approach to farming, gardening, food, and nutrition. The way I like to describe it is organic (laughs) 2.0. So kind of stemming from the organic sense of no pesticides or herbicides. Right. But taking that a few steps further. Perfect. And so it actually stems from Rudolf Steiner. in 1924, it's about a 100-year-old ecological standard. It's one of the world's oldest ecological and farming standards um, written down, I should okay. say. <laughs> right, yes. Um, he was a philosopher and a scientist, and uh, he kind of blended those two things together hmm. um, for a recognition of spirit in nature. So spirit and energy. Um, he wasn't very um, religious, I should say. He was very spiritual. But I like to look at it in a sense of, you know, you have a creator yes. and there's energies there that he put there for us um, to mm. take advantage of when it comes to health and nutrition. Yes. And that's, to me, what biodynamics is. And that's what's great about biodynamics. It's different to everyone who uses it. Um, and it's very welcoming. <laughs> yes, that that is very welcoming. And the show last week was about energy and how we can read it in the body and and you know when it's low and high. And so that's that's pretty cool that you mentioned that. Absolutely, to, to yeah. Speak. It's all about you know heightening the energy in foods and aligning them with our own body's ecosystem and the ecosystem that you create on a biodynamic farm. So the certification for biodynamics is called Demeter. It's very widely known over in Europe, especially. Um, It started in Germany, where Rudolf Steiner lived. Um, And it's very common to see that logo. It's an orange logo with white letters. Um, I had a roommate in college. Uh, She's from Spain. She grew up eating Demeter certified foods her her entire life and never even knew it. Interesting. Um, Yeah. And so... I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what makes a farm biodynamic and what you have to put into that. Um, Biodynamic farms, uh, the essential parts of it, you have to have animals on the farm. That's one of the biggest parts. Uh, You have to use these things called compost preps and sprays, and those are made throughout the year, and I'll dive into that a little bit. Yes. Um, It's very focused on crop rotation and no-till practices. 
and it's all about elevating the nutrients and the carbon in the soil. So making the soil healthy from the get-go um, instead of you know having to add those um, pesticides, herbicides, and um, fertilizers, things right, like that. Right. So it's all about keeping the farm itself healthy as it is without any you know outside sources of you know. And it's really not as hard no. as one might think. Yes. I think we've gotten so far away from the soil being natural mm-hmm. and, and helping. Uh, we use uh, we use compost. We use uh, vermiculture. So mm-hmm. we use the worms okay. and yep. then put the water through and use the, what that's called worm tea. Yep. Obviously, we don't drink it, but <laughs> <laughs> but the plants love it. And it's yeah. just amazing. The um, I, I would recommend personally i would i would recommend staying away from anything that has miracle grow mm-hmm. in it because i feel like that just damages it overall and it, I, I won't go into the science of all that but i definitely would stay away from adding any of those time release whatever's and miracle grow added you know feeds your plants that's not the best way to grow plants so compost is much better (laughs) absolutely and biodynamic compost is all herbs and they all have a specific purpose in that compost and there are six compost preps um in that in that mix the first one is yarrow the second one is chamomile then we have stinging nettle oak bark dandelion and valerian and they're named 502 503 504 they each have a number associated with them all the way up to 507 And so all of those herbs in that compost, it's really meant to transform together and go through this unique process where it brings it into a relationship with the earth and the animal kingdom um, and the cycles of the year. That's really important in the biodynamic practice is the cycle of the year. So they pay attention. They've got this specific calendar. I couldn't tell you the dates off the top of my head, but they follow the moon cycles and everything. Yes. Um, with how they plant and put into the ground. They have put into the ground days and they have taken yes, out of the Yes, I do too. Days. Yes, yeah. depending on the moon because of the uptake of the water based on the moon's gravitational Exa- pull. Exactly. So is, is this compost blend specific to a certain area or everywhere so this is international okay. everywhere so we actually have a farm consultant brian wickard he's located in wisconsin he actually grows a lot of uh these herbs needed for these preps and he's called a prep maker <laughs> and uh he'll distribute them to any biodynamic farmers that need them um and so any farmers that don't grow these herbs you know directly on their land um, they're able to still get them so wonderful everywhere um i'm sure they have you know different amounts you know based on your latitude longitude you know they've got different variations i'm right. sure um but in addition to the compost preps they have three sprays um, that are also very important and what's cool about these sprays is that they're buried and they're taken out of the ground in alternating timelines uh, so we have a horn manure spray it's called the 500 prep uh, and so that's a cow manure packed inside a, co- a cow horn and planted every acre underneath Amazing. Every, every acre of the land. Yes. And so that's done in the winter months. Uh, so they're planted under there in the winter months and it's meant to enhance the life of the soil, you know, as manure does. Yes. And then it's taken out in the spring when the horn silica, the 501 prep is put into the ground. Uh, and so that's just from ground quartz crystals buried in a cow horn over the summer months. Um, and that's to increase the plant immunity, strengthen the photosynthesis powers of the plant, enhances ripening, um, and it's just 
really great. <laughs> and then um, once that one is taken out, then uh, horsetail tea 508 Ooh, nice. prep is put uh, in the ground. Also high in silica. Yes. And it's uh, <laughs> meant to prevent fungal diseases and balances the watery elements from the plant soil. Um, and so these are plant- planted every acre and taken out of the ground every season. And so like every every time of year, you know, something is being uh, put into the ground and the energy is going into the plants, the nutrients is going to the plants, it's also going into the soil. Yes. That's like, all of this is the most important part. And uh, when they're taken out, I forgot to mention, they are stirred. So they're put into water and they're stirred in a vortex one direction Mm -hmm. for an hour and then the other direction for another hour by the hand of the farmer. Wow. And so it's all about, you know, pulling that energy and pulling it up and pulling it down, you know, and it's sprayed all, all over the entire area of the farm and you know that acts as its own you know f- um, fertilizer and it's all natural and it all comes from the farm or another biodynamic farm right and so I uh, <laughs> it increases the nutrients in the soil and then in the end the actual plant the actual plant but then that this is an ongoing process obviously because the plant utilizes those exactly. nutrients and then you need to either rotate or exactly, add the crop in, rotations. right? Yes. Right. Yeah. So the crop rotations every every season, you know, the crops are rotated, um, and they, I'm sure the farmers. I'm no farmer myself, but um, that they'll plant like crops that will put back into the ground the nutrients that the past one, you know, took out. Um, and so, therefore, you're increasing not only the nitrogen and the carbon in the soil, but all those other micronutrients that they need. And I think it's fascinating. I mean, I've only been doing this and learning about this for about a year, and there's still so much more for me to learn. It's it's fascinating to me, too, and I'm, I'm listening to you, and I, I didn't hear this particular way of doing it, mm-hmm. but I feel like the way I was raised makes me think, oh, we were kind of doing some of these types of things, aerating some compost tea and... Yep stirring it and then pouring it around and and crushing up eggshells we would do and put in a little circle and so I feel like I learned ways that plants love the soil and how to keep nourishing the soil I know we can't plant the same thing here this year we need to rotate it and so and then sometimes we would just leave it for a season too and not plant anything in a plot Mm -hmm. so I that's now I'm like really excited about this yeah I mean what commercial farming has forgotten is that the soil is an organism and you know it's it's life-sustaining yes it is um and it's kind of cool that you mentioned that you know you've been doing you know some of this type of farming my sister mentioned uh, she's like, this is the original way of farming. Yes. You know, you got to mention that. And, I mean, <laughs> in a lot of the ways, it is, you know, but it wasn't really until that 1924 when, you know, the standard was written down and created and, you know, this this rounded idea of how to do this was really created and widespread. Um, but I do think it focuses a lot of, on, you know, the original best way to do things when it comes to farming. I agree. I agree. So I'm going to just go off a little bit. So we're talking about the soil, the the nutrients, and being able to grow things. So the food is then, again, nutritious for us. But there's something else about the soil. And I think it was about seven years ago I read this article, this research study, about the soil being an an antidepressant. Mm -hmm. So when you get your hands in soil or your feet in soil, the microbes 
from the soil on your hands and literally in the air and breathing it in acts in your brain to release the happier hormones that we have, right? Dopamine, serotonin. (laughs) So um, it's amazing. And it was compared to Prozac and it worked better than Prozac and it lasted for three weeks. You're out just for one day in the soil and it will, it, the lasting benefits were up to three weeks in, in some people. So what, I mean, no wonder I'm so happy all the time. I'm in the garden. I can't get out. I mean, that's, that's definitely my happy place yeah. is to get out there and, and start working with the plants Absolutely. and the bees. And yes. Yeah. I, I can't imagine a time in life where I was happier than when I was in the garden with my mom growing up. <laughs> that's, you know? that's a perfect statement. <laughs> <laughs> it's the grounding effect. It's that energy it ties in everything ties in and you know our farm consultant brian as i said he's a biodynamic farmer he's outside all the time he is one of the happiest people i have ever met in my life makes sense doesn't it and it's part it's it's more than just growing food it's part of who who we are exactly so that's true and i have had i have people that come to me for help that are in cities and they don't have the ability necessarily to farm or mm-hmm. or they're concerned about the parks maybe have been sprayed should they, they take their shoes off and walk on the grass mm-hmm. so there are some there are some options mm-hmm. i even told them to get some natural organic um just dirt to grow anything mm-hmm. just anything in the windowsill even and get your hands in it i mean that's better than nothing yeah. honestly i mean i live in an apartment i have a balcony at best <laughs> i have this little planter and i try and farm biodynamic just minus the animals you yes. know i have my own little mini like it's we like have insects foot. and things right, <laughs> yeah, right? It's, like, it's like a foot and a half by one foot little thing doing my own little mini biodynamic farming minus the animals and so i love that even just doing that it's an uplifting uplifting to the soul um, really takes you out of the day-to-day absolutely that's amazing so how does your knowledge that that you've gained how does that apply other than your your small you know working working in your on your balcony um how does it apply in your life is there a way that you feel like it overlaps into what you do and how you do it and what you eat and absolutely so I actually have started in the past year I've started making my own home remedies and I've become quite a holistic person myself (laughs) as much as I can (laughs) Um, so I've gotten really into making any products especially personal care because I work in personal care as well not just the food Um, anything that I can so shampoo conditioner toothpaste laundry detergent dishwashing detergent counter spray all of that I've started making at home with simple ingredients, non-toxic ingredients, and that has definitely already changed my life, like my adrenals, my hormones, and everything. Like, I can tell a difference, you know, day to day. Like, I don't feel sick. Like, I was never the type of person to get sick all the time, but I always had, like, this feeling that just, like, energy's low, you know, vitality is low, everything and grogginess, brain fog. And this changed it. A lo- I've, I've seen a difference. It's I amazing. really have. Um, I've also changed the way I eat. I eat a lot more whole foods, a lot less processed foods. I mean, I kind of spent the last year, quote unquote, unlearning a lot of what I learned in college because I was, I was taught a lot of things and used a lot of ingredients that I thought were safe. And it wasn't until this past year where I ventured off and I learned more about the process and supply chain and testing and ingredient functionality it's just like we don't need all that stuff we don't if we there's no need for it let me just eat these whole foods 
And I don't apply to any, you know, specific diet. Right. Um, but just eating those whole foods, um, cooking everything at home, making my own everything. Like, my skin is my second, like, yes, my biggest organ, and it's my second mouth, you know? Yes. So it, it's taking in everything that you put on it. Yeah, and so just bringing that mindset from Mercola to home um, has really changed my life for the better, and I don't think I'm ever going to stop. <laughs> um, I really... No do. reason to, right? Just uh, yeah. go forge forward, and, and once you get in that role of making your own things it's really exciting it's like oh what else can I make for like oh this that right exactly I mean I remember this one time as a kid um I was I was the youngest kid and my two older siblings were away for college so I was alone you know in the house bored um and I remember taking the tangerine rinds from my little cuties yes (laughs) and uh we had a wood-burning stove I put them on top of the wood-burning stove you know dried them out and crushed them up and made this little like salmon seasoning from it and you know I just did it for fun and I I was so proud of that and I didn't do anything like that again until I got back into food science I was like this is what this is all about this is it and now I'm revisiting that with products for myself you know that go a step further and I don't think I'll ever stop <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool Well, we're going to take a short break and we'll come back and continue this conversation. I think we could talk for hours, honestly. I want to remind everyone about a super exciting conference coming in September called Healing for the Ages. So if you're tired of hearing about all the problems and not getting many solid solutions, this is for you. We're going to put it all together and we are going to help you take control of your health and healing live September 8th and 9th at the beautiful Hilton Granite Park in Dallas, Texas. You can register at healingfortheages.com. Also use promo code D-R-J-A-N-A, Dr. Jana, for a great deal and some special conference gifts. And if you can't attend in person, no worries. Healing for the Ages will be streamed worldwide. We'll be right back. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution. And now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. 
World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back to Looking for Healing Talk Radio. We're having a wonderful conversation with Bethany Gwallis, and we were talking about how your knowledge, Bethany, and in food science is uh, applied to your everyday life and how it sort of wakened you up to different things in your life, and I I would really like to continue that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was just talking about how I bring a lot of, you know, the formulation work home, and, you know, I've been really focusing on making my own personal care products. Um, and I kind of wanted to tie into that, um, just this idea that has really been bothering me <laughs> for a while now. It's just that thinking on human history, specifically American human history, I should clarify, uh, we have lost so many of our home skills, you know, self-sustaining and uh, growing your own food in just two generations. Two. Yes. <laughs> and. It's just like, if you look at human uh, American history, that was with the rise of the Industrial Revolution. You know, it took some time for that to really hit off. But then, you know, those conglomerate food companies um, telling people, you know, hey, eat margarine. It's better for you than butter. (laughs) Because they wanted to sell it. Yes, exactly. And it was cheap to make. And so, exactly. And with that rise of companies, you know, telling people that and people trusting, we have lost so many of our skills at home because you're like, oh... I don't need to do it myself. I can just go to the store and pick it up. Right. Or, hey, I have this going on. Let me just run to the drugstore because that will fix my issue really fast. And I don't have anything here for that. Um, And how that kind of ties into my, you know, personal care life is just I really want my, you know, my next generation, not just my family, my peers and their families as well to revert back to not not relying on companies and pharmaceuticals to get you by, you know, having those home remedies, um, knowing how to use them. I feel like it's very empowering. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons I love to teach and share is empowering people with that knowledge and then they can utilize it over and over and then teach their children and over and over. It's really amazing to know this is, Oh, I have a headache. Oh, I was outside. It was just like figuring it out. I might be dehydrated. Let me hydrate. And, or, Critical thinking. Chamomile tea or something, right, instead of just reaching for, you know, a pharmaceutical to take away the headache. Yeah, and with the rise in the Internet, you know, we've lost a lot of our ability to critically think. This is true. And then what's on the Internet so much just trying to sell you? Exactly. So if I, again, back to the headache, it's not a deficiency of Tylenol that I have a headache, right? So it's something else. Your body doesn't naturally produce So let's find out what what is, yeah, what do I need? That's that's really good. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like I I saw a lot of this just in college um, talking to my peers, like, when I would see a roommate, you know, microwaving a styrofoam plate. (laughs) I shudder. I shudder. Like, hey, you shouldn't do that. And they're like, why? It's just like educating from these small instances like that where it might seem silly, but it's just like, it gives you this bigger picture. It's just like where we are in the next generation. For society. And if we continue to keep going that way, we'll just continue to lose. Exactly. did a show, I don't know if it was a week or two ago, on... um, activity just our level of activity and modern technology Mm -hmm. um 
just like 50 years ago, people were more active in everyday life, mm-hmm. like seven times more active in just getting things done, you know, groceries and household things. And uh, and now with modern conveniences, you don't even vacuum some people. They just program their little Roomba thing and, and nice and convenient, but yeah. it comes at a price. Yeah. But I feel like in that regard, a lot of our skills for just basic living are going away so i'm trying to revitalize it you're going to revitalize it like we're 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 on it (laughs) yeah absolutely and it's just like one of the ways that i'm trying to better myself in that way is you know teaching myself about herbs i've been learning a lot about supplements uh this past year you know good quality supplements of course but the best way to get your nutrition and your health is from whole foods and so um one of the big things um that i've been focused on um recently there's been a passion of mine recently is castor oil yes um and so doing castor oil packs um and using it on my face on my skin and then also in combination with cayenne for um you know wound healing yes things like that Um, and you guys can't see it but she has beautiful skin (laughs) (laughs) thank you you. and then also um even incorporating some of those biodynamic preps so with nettle leaf (laughs) for hormonal um, imbalances, you know, trying to better myself from the inside out rather than just taking the easy route, pharmaceuticals, and further damaging my body. <laughs> right. Yeah. So do you ever utilize red raspberry leaf? Yes, I That's love my favorite for a woman. <laughs> yes. At any age, no matter what age or what the ailment or what's going on, I feel like red raspberry leaf is our friend. Yes. And that is actually in our herbal adrenal support. <laughs> oh, wonderful. And in my women's blend tea. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And so... Oh, um, I like the herbal adrenal support. I yeah. love that. Nettle's also really good for your kidney, mm-hmm. uh, cleansing your kidney. I've been really into dandelion, which is another one of the preps. It's good for liver cleansing. Um, what I've recently found out is that um, cleansing your liver is really good for your skin as well, from the yes. inside out. Yes, the toxins or sludge <laughs> out, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I am young. You know, I still struggle with acne from time to time. So, And I found that, you know, when I drink, you know, nettle, dandelion, all of those adrenal supports, even yarrow, um, mm. is really good, uh, like antifungal and very good for the skin. <laughs> so from the inside out, cleansing from the inside out, um, but also making you feel, you know, more relaxed with blends with chamomile, calendula. Yes. Um, I don't know how if I ever say this right, but moline, moline, uh, it's really good for your oh, lungs. Mu- yeah, mullein is how I, I yeah. say it. Yes, definitely and, a good lung support. And so when um, all of the wildfires were happening um, in Canada and going down through New Jersey and all that stuff, I have a lot of family in New Jersey, and I was, you know, recommending them, hey, drink this tea. Yes. It'll help, like, expel anything bad from your lungs, and it's also really great for flu season because, yes. you know, up there is crazy with flu season. Um, and then, you know, just going off the list, um, hibiscus, it's really good for your metabolic uh, improvement and keeping that in, in check um, and nerve diseases as well. I actually had a nerve that died in my, one of my teeth. Mm. <laughs> uh, it happened because of a dental procedure, you know, um, and I wasn't able to get a root canal for some time. And I was actually drinking hibiscus and I was drinking kava kava as well because it's a topical, um, relaxant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It numbs it a little bit, but the hibiscus is also really good for helping calm down hurt nerves. Um, and I did notice a difference, you know, it That's wasn't good. anything, uh, <laughs> it wasn't like 
a painkiller, of course, right. but it definitely, like, I, I felt good about drinking it, you know, rather than just taking something easy. Right. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there's just so many herbs and natural supplements that yes. you can do for your body rather than just a quick fix that's going to hurt you in the long term. And I've been trying to educate, you know, my peers with the the knowledge that I've gained. That's good. <laughs> and the research there, um, just because not only with the lack of, um, like, losing those home skills, you know, you have that reliance upon, you know, those bigger companies and, and things like that moving forward. It's like I'm terrified of what the world is going to look like for me and my kids in 50, 100 years, yeah. and kids and everything. It's just I don't want to become a Wally world. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to be a Wally world either. Yeah, exactly. And just relying on. And we're referring to the Disney Wally, movie, yes. Wally, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, watch it. You'll know exactly what we're talking about. Very dystopian, but kid friendly. <laughs> right. But a heavy message. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it hit me pretty so, heavy. Yeah. yeah, just bringing that up and, and making sure, you know, my peers and I, we are cognizant of what's going on. That's good. And, it's, yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. And and everybody else too. I mean, this is a, this is a great platform to to share that, and I love what you're what you're doing, right? I yeah. I love what you're doing. It's, it's very it's, small scale right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I I think it's I think you're affecting a large number of people, thank honestly. Thank so you. thank you. So we wanted to talk about the future yes. of food science. So I would love to get your take on what you think the future of food science is, um, yeah. based on your your yeah, perception. Absolutely, absolutely. and. You know, I see one thing for the future of food science, but I really hope for another. Um, okay. And so I don't know if you keep up with um, food industry news and whatnot, but right now um, the big thing in the food industry is lab-grown meats. Yes, it it uh, makes me nervous. <laughs> yes. It makes me nervous. And a lot, a lot of that stems, you know, from either if you're vegan or you just don't want to hurt the environment, right. you know, or uh, even resource scarcity, you know, it stems from, yes. you know, good ideas, um, but the end product of it, it's wrong. I, I'm with you 100%. <laughs> like, I understand the, the motive behind it, yeah. but... Uh, the end product is just not real food. It's, like, it's not, not real food. It's not safe. It is not safe. Uh, I mean, by regulatory standpoints and whatnot, this is kind of, you know, where, you know, bigger industries and whatnot kind of are, um, they combat each other. Just yeah. Like, regulatorily, it, on paper, you know, it's good it's for okay. you. It's um, okay. But internally, um, I mean, you've got all of those insanely chemical, like highly hazardous and uh, cancerous processing aids. That's right. Um, and you have those ingredients. One thing with uh, labeling is that you're able to hide certain ingredients under others as derivatives or sub-ingredients. They don't even need to be listed. And so what you're eating isn't actually what is on the label. And that is very present with lab-grown foods. Italy actually just banned uh, all lab-grown foods, uh, I believe starting 2024. It was news. That's big. Yes. Yes, and it's good. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, Italy, I mean, we all know Italian food is great. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, but uh, they're very focused on quality right. food. And when you go to lab-grown or 3D-printed food, it's like you're taking away all of nature's energy, all of nature's nutrition, everything that was put in the earth for you, and you, you're just roboticizing it. Right, yeah. and that's what we would do to ourselves. Exactly. Right? It's just like you would become, I feel like, in a sense, you'd become less human. Um, 
And so while I think it's scientifically very cool, and, you know, <laughs> I'd love to learn how to do it. Um, I don't think it's good to be, right. you know, projecting this because it, it's going to take away the livelihood of a lot of farmers, if you think about it in that way, too. And then the health of many people. And the health of so many people. You know, I mean, inflammation is one of the biggest problems in American American bodies. I mean, I can't really speak for other countries. I just know America. We have so many inflammatory diseases Absolutely. and issues that stem from that. And one of the things with lab-grown foods is that they're extremely inflammatory and causing. And, you know, that's just right off the get-go. It's just like, how are you going to convince me that this lab-grown chicken breast is better for me than two raw pasture-raised eggs? And I, I don't know. I just... I, sometimes I worry because I'm like, how are these consumers buying this? Like in their head and physically, you know, and they're thinking, but I think with great. enough push enough government backing or money or it, then it, it's quote unquote scientific research, like, and a new fad yeah. people jump on new things all the time, but exactly. hopefully we'll just, you know, hope and pray that they'll think about it. They'll get educated. They'll find out, is it food? Is it not food? Is it yeah, something exactly. I should be eating or not eating? My goodness. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm, that's, yeah. I'm with you on this. I'm a little. I'm a little hesitant to talk about it too much, but you're right. I feel like if you don't, if you don't want to eat meat, and wow, a mushroom burger is really awesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I can think of some wonderful things that you, that are grown without hurting animals. And yeah. Yeah. There's there's alternatives. Nutri- nutritious yeah. and delicious and yeah, exactly. without going down this road, I think our um, our love for technology has gone too far. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they didn't, I'm trying to remember who said this, but, oh, it, it was a, a Jurassic Park <laughs> quote. Like, the, your scientists didn't stop to think if they um, could, just long enough to stop to think if they should. Like, they, they shouldn't they should. do it. Yeah, yeah, they should. So, yeah, I remember that Jurassic Park yeah. um, quote exactly. about, yeah, you could, but should you be doing this? Yeah. So I think that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at 100 years ago, or let's say 80 years ago, versus now, the food we were eating 80 years ago, versus what we're eating now, what's going to happen in 80 years? Where are we going to go from lab-grown foods? It's like, it reminds me of the scene in Spy Kids, um, where they put like this little picture of a hamburger into oh, a yes. microwave, yeah. <laughs> and then they press a button, and it becomes a hamburger. It's like, Huh? Like, yeah. yes, that's cool, but I'm terrified. Or even the movie Soylent Green. Oh. <laughs> it makes me think about, you know, if you haven't... I you just know, got watched, a shudder. <laughs> if you haven't watched the movie Soylent Green, um, you should. You should. It um, was actually supposed to take place in 2020, America. Oh. Which is really great to, to well, see. Well, I actually had that reference to Soylent Green um, not too long ago when someone gave me an article that there were several states that approved decomposed human remains as a fertilizer for crops. That's just step one into Soylent Green, you know. Wow. Soylent Green is people. (laughs) So anyway, everyone pay attention. Yeah. So, I mean, that's unfortunately where I see food science going. You know, we do have this love for technology, and while it is very innovative and fascinating, it's not morally right. In my Agreed. Opinion. Yeah, I you know, agree. What I hope for food science in the future is really to kind of de-evolve de- and yes. kind of go back to the way that we used to be, but with education of, you know, the home consumer. It's just like, hey, if you want, like, 
the likeness of this food that you desire so much at the store. Here's the exact way to make it at home with with ingredients from your garden and whatnot. Kind of just, you know, devolving and, you know. Like the project you're working on now. Exactly, the biodynamics. biodynamics. It's just like, you know, bringing that home. I'm really hoping that in the future of biodynamics with what we're doing, working with farmers here in the U.S., is the the knowledge. I know uh, ROC, Regenerative Organic, yes. is really up and coming now. Um, and so I'm hoping the same for biodynamics to really make its name here and for people to realize, you know, there's a better way to grow our food. I didn't even think about that. And yeah, just having those standards in place and, you know, showing people the science, the yes. alternative, or I shouldn't even say alternative because what's going on right now is the alternative, is alternative right? You know, the yeah. Nat- the more natural. Yeah. So have you seen the documentary, The Need to Grow? I have not. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. The Need to Grow, it talks about the use of biochar and replenishing our soils. It's a lovely, lovely documentary. I've actually seen it three times because I was so excited to see it. I kept sharing it with friends. So yeah, the need to grow. Um, So everyone should go check that out. Um, Thank you so much. I feel like we could just have like, (laughs) like, we probably will continue this conversation off this, off air as well. So thank you so much for spending time and sharing some of your knowledge. I'm, I'm so so thankful so impressed with your heart and your compassion and your and your drive for this so thank you wonderful thank so, you Jana. it yes. was wonderful being here thanks so this is dr Jana schmidt wishing you god's blessings in knowledge wisdom and abundant health see you next time <laughs>